All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the start of something new, a DCOM podcast. I'm your host, Jake, and with me, as always, is my co-host and fellow twirl girl, Kate. And this is the podcast in which we review every single Disney Channel original movie in chronological order, all the way from Under Wraps to The Slumber Party. And this is season three, episode 13, in which we'll be discussing the 57th Disney Channel original movie, Go Figure. But before we do that, Kate, how have you been since our last recording? I know you and me are both kind of at the tail end of our semester, so how's that going for you? Yeah, it is, you know, it's going okay. I think as much as can be expected at this point in the semester. Um, Honestly, I'm just surviving and just trying to get through. I definitely have a lot of stuff due coming up, but also like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So how about you, Jake? Well, as you all know, I am graduating at the end of this semester and we're entering our last two weeks and it's kind of really hitting me i'm just like oh oh this is it it's we're like done done we're done done yeah i'm just at this point i'm basically just putting all the finishing touches on my final projects because really i have most of my final projects done for the like for the most part it's just those last little touches that i'm putting together to make them Perfect, because, you know, these are my last ones, so I gotta make them good. Um, these will also be the ones that I get to show off at the senior exhibition uh, at the start of May, so that's very exciting. I'm getting some wall space to put up some prints, and I'm getting some TV time on a monitor to show some of the animations I've made. I'm just like, oh my god, it's happening. People are gonna see my stuff. That's so exciting. I'm so excited for you. I know I'm just like man because I know I, I know the first day at least the we have the opening little gala so I get to be there and be at my spot when people come by and look at it and I get to be like yes I made this look at this so cool so cool when is this um it starts it's the first week of May so I think it's like okay uh, the first like through three weeks six something like that. I'm yeah. so excited for you. I'm so excited for you. You got to tell me all about it. That's so close, will. though. It's like, we're, it really gosh. Is. I can't <clears throat> believe you're graduating. Like, I can't believe. I think this is the last podcast that we're going to record before you graduate. Yeah, it probably is, because we're probably not going to record another one. Well, yeah, because we're not recording another one until the end of the month. And So, yeah, I will, I will be graduated next time we record. Oh, my God. That would be crazy to say. That's what <laughs> like wow that well, we're gonna update you guys next time it'll be a little bit of a special edition yeah i'll be like well uh, i don't go to school no more <laughs> it's over it's over it's all done i can't believe it but yeah i'm just getting ready to put the finishing touches on my stuff i i will be very happy to send you the final version of my thesis because i think you're really gonna like how it turned out i'm really liking how it's turning out i'm like the start as just like sketches and a, on my computer. And now what you're telling me this is a fully animated thing. I'm so excited for you. Sounds so awesome. 
I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I literally can't believe you graduate like so soon. Like we've been talking about it for so long, but also just the fact that we started this podcast when you were like starting at the school that you're graduating from. Yeah, this podcast basically also is going to serve as a nice time capsule of this time. Because, yeah, when we started, I was just about to start my first year. And now is where, and I said this before we hit record, we are nearing our three-year anniversary soon. And I'm going to be graduated by the time that comes around. It's like, dang. Yeah, I... That's great. Time is a wild thing. Time is a wild concept. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's so strange to me, but I feel like, I feel like, you know, we've, A, we've like watched so many movies and stuff together, but also, um, or like have talked about them together rather, but like just so much has happened in the past three years. Like at, on the one hand, 2020, August, 2020 seems like it was yesterday because the pandemic was, I mean, it was horrible for everyone. Um, For me, it was incredibly destabilizing. Um, I had a lot of, I had just graduated from college at the time and was supposed to, I was wanted to take a job that I didn't take because of the pandemic and so many, so much stuff went on. And so like, it feels like yesterday, but also it feels like 10 years ago. So the fact that it was three years ago is just weird to conceptualize. Yeah, literally though. But yeah, we're getting close to our three year and you know what's going to be really special before we even hit our three years that we're finally, finally going to be able to do the High School Musical episodes. There'll probably be multiple, but you know, stay tuned for those. Those are coming up actually pretty quick, but like not quite yet because we have just a few more decoms to talk before we get to those. Yes, we should get there at some point over the summer. So stay tuned. We're both so excited for those. Um but yeah, we will we will keep y'all posted about when we get to those. For sure. Um, but now, before we get into the decom for this episode, I do just have a very quick, quick decom news. And that is, while we were away, Prom Pack premiered. Ooh, okay. Do we know anything about it? Like, as, how, as, how, as far as how it was received or anything? Well, from what I could see on social media, um, it was actually received pretty well. I think a lot of people were like um, comparing it to like some more old school like rom coms, which I'm like, ooh, interesting. But okay. like, um, yeah, from what I could see, people really enjoyed it. But and here's something I find a little interesting because, as you all remember, Prom Pact was originally announced as a Disney Plus original movie. But then like a month before it was set to come out, uh, Disney was like, uh, actually, it's going to premiere on Disney Channel first. And then the next day it'll be on Disney Plus. But um, what I learned is apparently they played an edited version on Disney Channel because apparently the Disney Plus version has a little, I would say, almost uh, PG-13 kind of language. Ooh, saucy. Yes. Oh. Yeah, no, apparently... Um, the Disney Plus version has a little saucy language. So I'm like, oh, so like, I guess if you watch it on Disney Channel first and then you watch it on Disney Plus, uh, at some point you go, wait a minute, what they say? <laughs> this isn't the Disney Channel version. Yeah, which I just think is interesting. So I'm like, wait, so did they already do like 
the two versions or did they do an edit for the Disney Channel premiere? I'm not sure. But um, anyway, that's prom packed. Obviously, we'll get to it in like, I don't know, five years, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a hot second, but that's OK. You know, first things first, get through High School Musical. Then we'll worry about the trajectory ahead. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so Prom Pact is out. You can go watch it on Disney Plus with the PG-13 language. Um, um, other than that, though, I don't know what the next DCOM coming out is going to be. Um, it's probably going to be a minute before they officially announce it because just the DCOM is such a endangered species now. Though um, I did send you uh, Disney Channel is currently celebrating its 40 year anniversary, which I'm like, oh, dang, yes. really? And I sent you, they made a special little animation to celebrate featuring characters from all the Disney TV shows and even some DCOMs. And, you know, that was fun. It was so cute. I loved that. Yeah, which I also didn't realize that Disney Channel is 40. I'm like, dang, will it reach 50? We'll find out. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. My bet would be that it won't, but I I don't want to bet on it either. Right, sorry. Yeah, Kate, you don't want to bet on it, bet on it? Bet on it, bet on it. All right, all right. We're not going to get copyrighted up all up in this podcast. No, but yeah, so that's just um, Disney Channel's turning 40 and Prom Pack premiered. So um, probably going forward for a little bit, the DCOM news well will probably be a little dry. I'm sure we'll get something eventually, but for the next few episodes, probably don't expect much or any DCOM news. Yeah, probably. But at least, hey, we have we have one more to add to the roster officially. Oh, yes. And we will watch it in due time. But for now, Kate, let's get into the decom we did watch for this episode, because for this episode, we will be discussing Go Figure. So let's start with the background. Kate, would you like the background? I would. Yeah, I would appreciate the background. All right. So Go Figure is a 2005 Disney Channel original movie. It originally premiered on June 10th, 2005, and it was directed by Francine McDougal. So that is, in fact, a female director. We've got a female director up in here. Those are kind of still far and few in between when it comes to DCOMs, but here we go. Cool, cool. Um, and then actually, this is not the last time we'll see here because Kate, she also directed a pretty, a pretty famous other decom. She also directed Cowbells. Ooh, okay, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. So we'll see her one more time on this journey. I do um, like Cowbells. Like that 2006 was just a solid year in general, though. It, it really was. Um as far as our cast goes, we have Jordan Hinson as Caitlin Kingsford, our main character. Uh, so did her having the name Caitlin throw you off at all at any point? Uh, a little bit. Seemed to a little bit. Is there a reason for that? Oh, it's because Caitlin, Catherine, Kate. Oh, because of me. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Like when people, um, when people share my name or it's like kind of similar but I, it's also such a common name, I feel like. Like, I didn't know a lot of Kates growing up, but I knew so many Katies and Catherines and Caitlins. And it's just like the variant itself is or the, the variations of it are just so common. But yeah, 
It is a little weird. Although when they like nickname her, they call her cat. So it's a little bit different. Right, right. And then we have uh, a Brittany Curran as Pamela, who I guess becomes the main antagonist of this film. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I guess. that That's how they try to portray her. But I wouldn't say it's like super over the top in any way. Yeah. We also have Whitney Sloan as Amy Hollywood Henderson, who is um one of Caitlin's teammates, and I think it says essentially becomes her best friend. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. I mean, as much of a best friend as we kind of get in this movie. Right. We have Christine Rose as Natasha Goberman, who. We will talk a bit more about when we get into the plot because mm, that was a character choice. Yeah. 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 We have Ryan Malgarini as Bradley Kingsford. That's Caitlin's younger brother who gets a subplot in this movie. Yeah, he does get a subplot in this movie. And also they portray him as like way younger than her, but like in real life, I think they're only like a year apart. Yeah, I think it's just because like she's like considerably taller than him in this movie. Yeah, that would probably be it. Yeah. We have Tania Gunadi as Mary Mojo Johnson, which I'm like, wait, when did they say her real first name? I feel like they only ever referred to her as Mojo. Yeah, I think they only did refer to her as Mojo. But. Yeah, which by the way, we've actually seen this actor before because she was the drummer in Pixel Perfect. Interesting. I, I did not notice that. Yeah, well, because she also seemed like younger in this than she did in Pixel Perfect. Yeah, which is weird. It could just be how she was styled, I guess. But Yeah, um, we have Amy Holleran as Ronnie. She's the captain of the hockey team. We have Sabrina Spear as Shelby Singer. She's another one of the figure skaters who honestly has a very interesting story in story arc in this movie. And we'll get into it, of course. Yes, absolutely. We have uh, Mr. Jake Abel as Spencer, who is a, a, apparently like the student assistant coach to the hockey team, I guess, because that's a thing. Yeah, that's yeah, I guess. Yeah, but I just want to shout out uh, Jake Abel because no offense to anyone else in this movie, but he's the most famous person to come out of this movie because if y'all watch the Percy Jackson movies, all two of them back in the day, uh, then you know he plays Luke, who is Hermie's son in those movies. Interesting. Interesting. That's cool. Um, yeah, I know. I know now the Percy Jackson movies kind of get a little crap because I, I and I explained this back in our D23 episode, which you guys haven't listened to. Go ahead and listen to it. It's a fun time. Um, I know a lot of people gave the movies some flack because of just how much they deviated from the source material, especially when it came to the ages of the characters, because now we're going to get that new show on uh, Disney Plus and they cast it a lot closer to the sh uh, book ages. But yeah, um. You know, if sometimes even then it's like, you know, sometimes it's just fun to look back on and watch because, you know, they were kind of fun to watch when you were a kid anyway. Right. I definitely get that. Um, speaking of ages, though, can we talk about how, like, awkward it was casting 
like a 17 year old against a 13 year old for like the little romance in this. Oh, is he seven? Is he only 17 in this one? Yeah, he's like, he, okay, so his birthday is November 18th, 1987 in real life. I think he was playing a 17 or 18 year old um, because he was a senior. But then uh, her birthday is June 4th, 1991. Which, that doesn't sound, three and a half years does not sound like a big difference, except for the fact that, like, um, I think that would be three and a half years, yeah. Um, uh, except for the fact that, like, they're just at that right age where it's creepy at a little bit, and, like, I don't know. I found it a little bit, un- um, maybe disconcerting a little bit, um, but my dad was actually watching it with me, and he was like, this is this is an interesting like that they this doesn't seem this doesn't seem right and then we like looked it up and like at the time that she was filming she was like 13 i thought she was like gonna be like 15 but she was we think she was 14 when it came out which is what she plays which means she probably would have been 13 while filming and he would have been like 17 and it's just like that yeah just feels like a bit much well, see, and now in my mind, I made it even worse because I kind of just figured he was like 20 already. You're just like, yeah, so uh, fair enough. Um, either way, it's like Disney. What 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 are we doing here? Yeah. Um. Also, just one more thing I want to say about Jake Abel. Uh, remind me, were you ever that um that into Supernatural, the TV show? Um, I heard a lot about it, but I never really watched it myself. I had a lot of friends who watched it, though, in high school. Right, because we were in high school around that peak Tumblr era where, like, Supernatural and, like, Doctor Who were, like, mainstays on the website. What I was going to say is um, about Jake Abel, um, spoiler alerts for Supernatural. Show's over now, finally, so um, if you want to still avoid spoilers, uh, skip ahead a few seconds. But in uh, in Supernatural, he plays who is revealed to be um, the third brother. <laughs> oh, really? That's so interesting. I had no idea he had any connection with Supernatural. Like, again, not that I've really watched it, but that's really interesting because, again, I used to hear so much about it when I was in high school. Yeah, no, it's so funny because, like, at one point in, like, one of the seasons, they're just like, oh, by the way, you guys have another brother. You know, like, let's just just add, add to the whole drama. Yeah. But yeah, so that's Jake Abel. Uh, I just wanted to take a moment to talk about him because, like I said, um, no offense to the others, but he is the most famous person in this movie. <laughs> yeah, by a lot. Yeah. Then we have uh, Jodie Russell as Linda Kingsford. That's the mom. We have Kurt Doucette as Ed Kingsford. That's the dad. We have Paul Kiernan as Coach Reynolds. That's the hockey coach. And finally, we have the one and only Christy Yamaguchi as herself, which I was shock that they got her for a cameo in this movie yeah i know my dad again i was watching this one with my dad because he just happens to be visiting me right now and he's like what they actually have like christy yamaguchi in this and i was like i i guess so although i gotta say the lines they gave her kind of made me cringe but we'll we'll get to that yeah, definitely. But yeah, we got a special cameo from Christy Yamaguchi. Fun times. But all right, Kate. Um, 
Before we get into this plot, I gotta ask, do you have any history with this movie? I vaguely remember seeing it as a kid, and I remember thinking it was pretty good, but as like as a child, but like that's the extent of my history. Uh, how about you, Jake? Well, everyone, um, I think this is a first for the show, and by that I mean, I think this is the first time where Kate has memories of the movie, and I don't. Really? they're vague though so like don't yeah it's it's very vague like i feel like i saw it maybe one and a half times well i mean vague memories is better than no memories fair enough fair enough all right we broke the record tonight (laughs) we really did but yeah i don't i don't remember ever seeing this one i don't even remember seeing commercials for this one which is weird because it was 2005 so i was definitely watching disney channel at this point but like yeah i don't know i just never saw it or never saw commercials for it so like um this was this was one where i was like oh what's this (laughs) when i got to it on the list i know sometimes they just slip under the radar like sometimes there were a few like that you said you had a history with. And I was like, how did I like Xenon, for example? Like, I was like, how have I never how do I have a history with this? Like, I feel like I would have seen it. I watched Disney Channel enough, but, you know, sometimes things will just slip under the radar, I guess, every now and then. Yeah. And I don't you know what else I don't think helped is the fact that there was a theatrically released Disney movie about figure skating that came out around the same time. If you all know what I mean, uh, I'm talking about Ice Princess with one Michelle Trachtenberg. Ooh, that also sounds familiar. I wonder if I'm miss- mixing them up on accident. Um, yeah, because again, my memories are so vague. That is also a total possibility. But yes, um, yeah, that was a 2005 film, too. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, but if I remember correctly, that one got a theatrical release. Yeah, I think it did. Interesting. Who gives up a... This is from Wikipedia. That film is about a a normal teenager who gives up a promising future academic life in order to pursue her newfound dream of being a professional ice skater. Interesting. Actually, that one sounds less familiar. But I don't know. I'd have to... The movies from this time period are just like if I don't have like a super solid um idea of of the movie then it's usually just like did I see this did I not see this I don't know. Right. But yeah, cuz I think I saw I definitely saw the promos for Ice Princess cuz Disney was definitely pushing that one probably because you know it was getting a theatrical release so they wanted that box office money, but I remember right. oh my god, do you remember um Movie Surfers? very vaguely it was like a one of the quote-unquote commercials that disney channel had because you know if you all know disney channel doesn't do normal commercials they have their own but movie surfers would be these kids checking out like the upcoming disney movies and visiting sets and everything and i swear and i swear i remember seeing a movie surfer segment for ice princess so i'm like i was probably all about that and i totally just go figure just went right under swept under the rug because i'm like nah we gotta talk about ice princess (laughs) oh that sounds super familiar (laughs) well it's also just ice princess had michelle trachtenberg and uh you know michelle trachtenberg was one of the great actors of our generation truly yeah yeah 
Yeah, I, I I feel like I need to watch Ice Princess now and be like, did I see this as a kid? I'm like, maybe. Yeah, I feel like I need to go back and see it. But anyway. <laughs> maybe we should do like not- a little bonus mini review of Ice Princess next episode. Literally, I I would be down. You know, after the semester ends, I will have enough free time to watch several movies. So whatever we're <laughs> thinking, man. Yeah, truly. Um, but anyway, so yes, yeah, so that's my lack of history in your vague history with it. So now, Kate, you want to get into the plot of this movie? Yeah, let's hop right into it because this is let's this is let, an interesting one. Yeah, let's hop on that ice because hop that's where we that begin. Ice. Yeah, so we begin on the ice in the rink, and we get our favorite favorite decom cliche narration. <sighs> Yes. Yeah. And I'm very glad that this narration faded out pretty quickly because I was like, not again. Not again. It's like we've watched over 50 of these. We can't do narration again. Yeah. I just like, honestly, the narration, it always just feels cringy. It just always feels so cringy. I can't. Yeah, but anyway, we are introduced to our main character, Caitlin Kingsford. We learn that she is aiming to be a professional figure skater. She wants her goal is to um, compete in the Olympics. And currently she is competing in these uh, uh, junior championships, but she wants to go even bigger. And we learn that um, she's been competing for years and she has her mom and dad. So we, we have two live parents, everybody. Write that down. I know. It's. It, I don't think it's a first, but it's a a rarity. It is, and then we also have her little brother Bradley, who is um, he's a character. <laughs> yep, and again, it feels like he's so much younger than her. Her, and in reality, they don't have that big of an age gap, which kind of shocked me when I looked up the movie. But alas. Yeah, so Caitlin explains that her parents are super supportive, but Bradley, he plays hockey, and he apparently has no respect for twirl girls, which I'm convinced is an insult they made up for this movie, because I've never heard that before. I've literally never heard that before in my life either. Like, not, and I don't know a lot about figure skating, I'll throw that out there. But I did have a friend in college who was a figure skater, and she still does figure skating coaching, and I'm like, never heard that before in my life. Yeah, I think they just made that up for this movie. But um, um, that's another thing. This movie's going to make you um, convinced that is a thing is that apparently hockey players just loathe figure skaters for some reason. Yeah, it definitely felt a bit unrealistic. Although the cutthroat nature of figure skating, I've heard, is in some capacity. I mean, not always true. It can also be a team sport, but we'll get we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah, definitely. Because um, speaking of the competitive cutthroat nature of figure skating, she's like, well, my name is Caitlin, but my friends call me. And then we cut to these two girls. One of them calls her a dork. She goes, OK, so they're not really friends. They're my competition. But that's what it's like when you're a figure skater. You know, it's a solo sport. So everyone's looking out for themselves. But, you know, when I'm on the ice, I feel like I can do anything. And she explains she has these two coaches. Oh, wait, I don't even think I listed them in the cast. Whoops. Oh, no. Yeah, we have uh, Bob and Ginger. Bob is played by Morgan Lund, and Ginger is played by Anne Sward, and they are her her coaches. 
So uh, Bob is um, her choreographer and Ginger is her costume designer and makeup artist. And they've been her coaches forever. And I had to say, um, Bob and Ginger remind me of, and this is going to be a little bit of a deep cut. Um, there was these uh, characters on SNL. I think it was Fred Armisen and Kristen Wiig who played them. Um, but their whole um, shtick is that they were supposed to be like songwriters but the joke was that they always make up their songs right on the spot. So they don't, they're all just, just nonsense. And the way that these two characters acted reminded me of that. Um, if you guys watched SNL in like the early 2010s, you'll know what I mean. But yeah, I'm just like, man, these are like, they're more caricatures than characters, I would say. No, that makes sense. Like I could see that. Yeah, but they have been her coaches forever. And she's like, well, and I love them. They're great. But if I want to make it, as a champion, I need someone else. I need, and this is a quote directly from the movie, she needs a Russian. So immediately cut to one Natasha Goberman. She is a Russian uh, figure skating coach, and she's apparently the best in the business, but also the harshest in the business. But Caitlin doesn't care because she would do anything to be trained by her. Yeah. Caitlin's a little bit, yeah. She's loves the idea of getting trained by her, and it turns out she attends Caitlin's competition that we get at the beginning of the movie. Yes, and then this is the craziest thing ever. We flash back 15 minutes ago when we see a bunch of girls getting ready for their uh, performances, and one girl is wondering where um, if there's any scrunchies because she's trying to put her hair up. And Caitlin goes, here, you can use mine. I'll just use this lucky rubber band I have. And I'm like, I was going to ask you this. Like, do girls ever normally use rubber bands to put their hair up? Okay, that sounds terrible to me. I mean, like the normal hair ties where they're covered. Like scrunchies, I think, are supposed to be better for your hair. But honestly, for me, I use normal hair ties a lot, which is basically a covered rubber band. Because, like, otherwise my hair does not stay very well. Um, but, like, that said, a rubber band sounds terrible. Like, taking that out, putting the, taking that out of your hair and feeling how much it would tug on your hair. Nope. So, short answer, or long answer, just to say, n- no, no. Well, speaking of taking out of her hair, uh, Caitlin doesn't have to worry about that. Because when she goes on to do her routine, in the middle of it, her rubber band just snaps and her hair falls in her face and she ends up falling on the ice. Yes. And so she has a little bit of an embarrassing moment, but she picks herself up. Yes. And then after everyone's gone through their routines and the judges are tallying scores, she goes back to the dressing room, locker room. I'm not quite sure what you would call that area. And this is when, we are first introduced to Pamela and her little lackey, who's not really important at all. And they're kind of just like making fun of her. It's like, oh, you slipped. Oh, <laughs> and this is also when we get a crazy line from Caitlin. She says, in the world of figure skating, you're either Christy Yamaguchi or a Tanya Harding. And all these other girls are Tanya Hardings. And if like, you know anything about the whole Tanya Harding situation, which if any of y'all seen the movie, I, Tanya, then, you know, it's like, dang, that's some crazy stuff. Yeah, so that is a whole thing, like a whole history that's like, 
Um, and yeah, do you want to explain that a little bit more? I, I can do it too, but. Um, basically it's just, you know, Tanya Harding, um, I don't know the full history, but like, wasn't she up for like going to the Olympics and she was up against like another skater, I think Nancy, Nancy Kerrigan and supposedly allegedly Tanya like broke Nancy's leg in order to get the spot over her. Yeah, she, uh, yeah, something like that. Um, which is just freaking like, are you kidding? Like, they, she hired people to like break this woman's leg. Like, what? Um, so then she got banned from the sport, to my understanding. Uh, which thank goodness. Um, right. But, yeah, anyway, that was just a whole crazy, crazy thing. Which, I'm also just like, what kid watching this in 2005 would know about that? Uh, not me. As someone who was the target age for this in 2005. <laughs> but, you right. know. Um, but anyway, she's like, you know, these girls are all just jealous of me because I'm the best. She goes, but I guess that's fine because, I mean, that means how, that's how you know you're good if people are jealous of you. And she meets with her coaches and she's like, oh, my God, I did so bad. I I messed up. And they're like, don't worry. With how well you did out there still, there's no way they're not going to get uh, you're not going to place. And then we cut to the medal ceremony and she did not place. No, um, but she catches the attention of someone. Yes, because as things are wrapping up, one Natasha Goberman arrives and she wants to talk to Caitlin. And her coaches are all like, oh, my God, yes, yes, go, go, go talk to her. And it turns out that she wants to coach Caitlin and her coaches are all about this. They're like, you should like she can take you to the next level. Which I think is really nice. Like, I I know they obviously have a long history with Caitlin, but like, I think it's really nice that even then they realize it's like, you know, we can only take you so far. Someone like Natasha could take you straight to the top. Right. Yeah. Um which yeah, so nice of them. They're so sweet. They're they're just sweet characters holistically and add a little bit of relief into the film. Definitely. So uh Caitlin talks to Natasha and yes, Natasha wants to coach her. And in order to coach her though, she wants her to attend this a fancy boarding school because that is where she is the coach of the skating club yeah it's a figure skating club not a team because well for the most part i'm pretty sure figure skating is kind of like um an individual sport i know there's also like duos but as far as i know i don't think there's many uh group activity for skating so fun fact about this um where i went to college um they have a figure skating team which is very interesting um, and something that I had not heard about before my before my friend, who was a figure skater, and I'm looking it up right now, but um, yeah, they have synchronized skating, um, which to my understanding is comprised of like figure skaters, um, which again is super wild, um, and something that I did not know about until I had a friend who was a figure skater, and I also feel like this this movie does a good job of like not 
talking about where it can be a team sport. Um, because anyway, it's, it is like an individual sport usually, I think, but that's something that I just thought was interesting that there's this like synchro team, um, where I went to college. Cause like, I would have never, would have never known. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Um, that's why I said like, I know like for the most part, it's not really a team thing. Yeah. Synchronized skating, because I know the summer Olympics have synchronized swimming, which is, you know, basically kind of the same around the same idea, which is, you know, we get four people together and they do a routine, but yeah, for the most part, this movie is like, no, no, no. Figure skating is a single sport, even though I've also seen, you know, there's literally duos who do figure skating, but you know, we, we won't talk about that. Again, yeah, doesn't. we're just, yes. Like the most I know about figure skating is, and um, I'm going to, this is going to sound so bad, but like uh, the most I know about figure skating is from the anime Yuri on Ice, which is a figure skating anime. Because fun fact, if you can think of it, there's an anime for it. Like there is all kinds of sports animes. There's like so many, like including this one, which is all about figure skating. That's like super interesting. I wouldn't have yeah. thought that there was a figure skating anime, but I kind of love it. Yeah, it's actually not to get off on a tangent, but, you know, we do get on tangents every now and then. I list them in the episode descriptions. But, um, but yeah, Yuri on Ice actually broke a couple headlines because it was, like I said, the first anime to prominently feature a gay couple as, like, the main couple. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's pretty fun. But anyway, back to this. So, yeah, Natasha invites uh, Caitlin to study at this fancy boarding school so she can bring her to the top. Except there's just one problem. Her family does not have the money to pay for tuition. And they don't seem super supportive either. Like, they're not really going to even try to help her. They're just kind of like, eh, oh well, we can't do it. Which, like, obviously, like, financially is understandable, but their attitude is just kind of like, yeah. Um, and we find out a little bit, li- like, oh, toward the end of the movie, like, why her mom has that attitude. But she is bound and determined. So she goes and meets up with... Uh, the Russian coach, and I can't remember her name. But Natasha is it Natasha. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She goes and meets up with her, and she's like, "I still really want to go to the school." And then Natasha's like, "I have an idea." Yes. Yeah, so she Natasha goes to the coach of the girls' hockey team, which, and I, I texted you this earlier. I'm like, "Okay, what school in 2005 has a girls' hockey team?" Apparently this one. I mean, that's great. But yeah, I I don't even think when we went to high school in the like mid 2010s that we had a girls hockey team. Yeah, no, this school just straight up has like a full girls hockey team that competes against other schools girls hockey team. And I'm like, what? where are we that girls hockey is like a big thing where there's multiple teams on diff- different schools? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I mean, I, I, good for them, I guess. Like, that's cool. It was never an option to me growing up. Not that I was like a sports person in general, but right. But oh well. Um, so she talks to the coach of the girls' hockey team, and we learn that there is a hockey scholarship, and she wants him to give Caitlin the scholarship so she can go to the school and she can coach her. 
And he's like, uh, I don't think so. That's supposed to go to someone who's a really good hockey player. I can't give it to a figure skater. And she's like, but she needs to come here. I want her to be a champion figure skater. He's like, well, I, I can't do anything about that. Besides, she doesn't have the, she, has, she, she says she doesn't have the body type for hockey because she's, you know, a bit on the thinner scale. And she's also like a little shorter than all the other girls. And she's like, yes, but look, and Natasha's like, yeah, but think about this because of her, her stature and size, she can, um, uh, skate past the, uh, uh, uh other team and like stuff. She has advantages. And he's like, I just, I can't do it. It wouldn't be right. And then they end up agreeing because Natasha agrees to go on a date with this guy. Yeah. Which is like, seriously, but okay. But I mean, at least this doesn't have, this doesn't go without consequences because we will see later on in the movie. Yes, absolutely. So Caitlin is going to move to the school and she, we flashed her like packing her stuff up. Yeah, and we learned that she apparently has a lot of plushies because apparently that's a thing. Like people uh, throw plushies out onto the rink when a figure skater has finished their routine, which I didn't know. I did not know that either. The more you know. Yeah, I mean, like I knew the flowers thing, which fun fact, you can't just throw like loose flowers onto the ice they have to be bouquets because like a loose flower could like mess up the routine for something interesting i did not know that yeah see we are learning things from these movies yeah the more you know honestly yeah but basically the mom's like maybe leave the plushies at home and try making some real friends when you go to boarding school and caitlin's like mom i don't need friends i just need to be a champion her mom's like, you know, Caitlin, there's a lot more to life than just figure skating. And Caitlin goes, well, not for me. Yeah. And there's some foreshadowing here. But alas, we now cut to her at hockey practice, starting out as a hockey player. Yeah. And very right off the bat, you can tell that she is um, she doesn't quite fit in with the other girls on the team. No, she's not like the other girls. Oh my god, it is a not like the other girls movie. Uh, unfortunately. Um, but she she's really struggling uh, trying to do hockey. Um, and But uh, the girls seem like kind of rough around the edges, but, you know, um, no one's like, I would say like forthrightly super mean to her at this point. Um, after hockey practice is over, she goes to her room, and um, apparently she hadn't unpacked yet, and I was like, wait, you're literally unpacking by yourself, like, no one went with you, and you're, like, 14, which I guess is, like, possible, but you, wouldn't you think that they'd at least, she'd at least, like, unpack her stuff before going to hockey, even if nobody accompanied her? Anyway, you know, whatever. Right, because, yeah. But, you know, for the plot, whatever. And she's rooming with one of the girls on her hockey team. And she breaks out this poster from her stuff. And she's about to put it on the wall of, um, of, oh, the name of that hockey player that, or the hockey player, freaking figure skater that's escaping me right now. Uh, Christy Yamaguchi. Yes, Yamaguchi. Thank you. Um, and she pulls her out and the, uh. The hockey player's like, oh, what a joke. Like, we can use that as a dartboard. 
Yeah, and I'm just once again in my notes. I'm like, I'm sorry. Is this really a thing? Do hockey players just like have a like a violent hatred of figure skaters? Because I feel like they're just playing this up for the movie. I definitely feel like they're playing this up for the movie. But again, it it's for the plot, man. It's for the plot. Um. Anyway, this is also where uh, Ronnie and Mojo come in, and we get to meet them more. I just want to say, hmm at disney because mojo's whole thing is she's really into like superstitions and stuff and she's the only girl of color on the team yes which (sighs) yeah yeah i couldn't help but notice that i'm like okay disney you made the one girl of color like really into superstition and burning sage and doing like lucky dances and stuff a little problematic and by little i mean kind of a lot but also like which this does not excuse it in any way so that is not what i'm trying to do at all but it's very like 2005 to just like not have any idea really what they're actually doing and propagating some stereotypes yeah it's yeah it's not great and then we also yeah and then we also have ronnie who's the team captain and after they leave caitlin's like yeah she hates me and um her roommate is like well ronnie don't worry she seems a little tough around the edges but you'll be fine um so from there i think we immediately go to our first uh, figure skating practice where we are once again reunited with pamela who was the girl who was like bad mouthing her back at the start of the movie? I guess she just goes to this school too. And she is bound and determined to be the best. She is mean from the get go. Yeah. This is also where you meet Shelby, who is 17, but apparently because of that, like she's about nearing the end of her possible career as a figure skater. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, like. Obviously, there's collegiate opportunities, but I guess in the in the Olympic pre-Olympic realm, I don't know. I got. I mean, in all fairness, a lot of these sports do have really young cutoff ages. Like, um, you know, my good friend um, Hannah, who was a competitive Irish dancer, and she, like, I believe she competed. She started when she was older, like she started in high school and that's considered super, super old for like a beginner. And then she competed until like, I think her sophomore year of college, but she, she went pretty much as long as most, as long as was possible. So yeah, there's some pretty stringent, uh, I don't want to say like formal cutoffs, but people, people are, people, people are cut off whether informally or formally from these sports pretty young it's kind of sad yeah so she's like really determined for this to be her year because she's like if i don't make it this year then that's it for me um but basically uh natasha has all the girls do um simple um skating tricks and very immediately, it's very clear that, yeah, um, Caitlin's definitely her favorite. And Pamela is not about that. Yeah, Pamela's very upset, like, right from the get-go. Like, after skating practice, she's talking to her little lackey. And she's like, huh, you know, I heard she either had to come here or go to jail. And it's like, eh. And then Shelby's like, 
actually, I hear she's I hear she's here on a, on a hockey scholarship, and Pamela's all like, a hockey scholarship? That's even worse. <laughs> also, did you? Yeah, and she's like, did you see her uh, video from last uh, regionals? And Shelby goes, yeah, she can like really skate. No wonder Natasha seems to like her. And Pam was like, well, I don't care how good she is because she is not going to upstage me. And then she goes on to be like, and not to mention her costumes and makeup are always so terrible. And that's when we see that Caitlin's been listening in on this conversation the whole time. And then when she brings up her costume or makeup, that's when she comes in and goes, all right, all right, hold on. You can say whatever you want about me, but do not insult bob and ginger and i'm like ooh, yeah stand up for your uh crew like let's go girl yeah and um pamela is all like well let me tell you how it works around here and she caitlin immediately shuts that down and she goes whatever you want to say save it for the ice because that's where i'm doing all my talking and she walks off yes yeah and so um yeah, so Caitlin, I have a thought here to add, and my brain just shut down. But yeah, they're not on good terms at this point. Like, it's very evident that the, the skater girls are kind of mean, very mean for the most part. One would call them mean girls, if you will. Yeah, very true. Very true. We are in that era. Yeah, I don't. mean girls hasn't come out yet, I don't think, but it's it's coming. Yeah, I mean, no, no, Mean Girls was out. Mean Girls was 2004. Oh, yeah, then you're right. Then, yeah, we are very much in the era of Mean Girls. Girls. Yes, absolutely. And that influence can be seen all over. Truly. And then we learn that Caitlin has put all of her figure skating stuff in the janitor's closet because the figure skating coach told her that she should keep it a secret from the rest of the hockey team because if the hockey team finds out that she's a, a figure skater, they're going to dislike her even more than they already do. Yeah. Which puts her in a bind, obviously. Yeah. So she's, she's got her, her figure skating stuff up in one of the janitor closets, which and we also learned she kind of like befriended the janitor. Yeah. Um, apparently she, yeah, she's, since she's able to, like, put all her stuff in this closet, her and the janitor are just kind of, like, they're chill. He, like, just lets her keep her, all her stuff in the closet, all her figure skating stuff, and they, she brings him sandwiches sometimes. Very interesting. Anyway, um, we forgot to mention this, but at the first practice, this is also where we meet Spencer, who is the, I guess, student assistant coach. And I'm sorry, I had to roll my eyes so hard at this setup because it's the classic setup of like, he's going to give her a hard time and not think that she's going to follow through on this stuff. But by the end of the movie, something's going to change and they're going to fall in love. And I'm just like, my eyes are rolled so far back. I can see my brain. (laughs) Honestly. I'm like, late girls and honestly, guys out there too. This piece of advice: um, if someone that you um, makes you making you feel like a piece of crap, maybe don't date them. Yeah, honestly, though, ah, so frustrating. 
Yeah, but I bring up Spencer because this is and this is a crazy scene because nothing from it comes back later. But um, Caitlin's walking around campus in the evening and she sees there's like a crowd gathered around the stage. And on the stage, we see Spencer like playing guitar and singing. And I'm like, well, he's in a band. Uh, don't worry about that, folks. That never literally never comes back. Literally, I literally, you know, now that you th- say that, I remember watching this and seeing him in the band and thinking that that was going to be some kind of recurring theme in his character. But no, you're right. It literally never comes up again, which makes me wonder if more was written into the like initial script Aaron, and then it was just cut out. I mean, I don't know, but. Right. But also, as we stated previously, this is the era of Mean Girls, but this is also the era of a Freaky Friday. And if you remember, Lindsay Lohan's love interest in that, I believe, was also in a band. So I'm like, I'm wondering if Disney was just like, we got to give them a musical moment so that they, that way the girls really swoon for them. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, 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 no, no, I don't know. It brings up my own past dating lows. But alas, that is not something we're going to get into on this podcast. Right, because we don't have time for that, Kate, because it's time for the first game of the season. And everyone's getting ready in the locker room and like, Caitlin's putting on makeup and Ronnie's like, what's with the makeup? And she's like, don't you know, appearance is everything out there. And they're like, what? And um, basically going into this first game, Caitlin's kind of like um, feeling comfortable in the fact that she probably won't even get onto the ice because um, basically her and the coach kind of made a little secret deal that like he he just venture the whole season. So that way she could technically be on the team, but not have to go out and play because she's not great at it. Yeah. So um that's kind of her plan going forward is that she's not really going to try super hard she's just going to bench all the games and that's that but unfortunately mr spencer over here is getting a little suspicious he's like why haven't you put her in at all during the game she's like oh well you know it's like we don't really need her out there and she goes, but I thought you said she was our secret weapon. Why don't we use her? So basically Spencer is kind of like, what's the word? Egging on the coach about like why he's not putting Caitlin in, even though she's on the team. Um, we also learned that Natasha kind of doesn't want him to put the coach to put Caitlin on the, the ice because she could get injured playing hockey and not be able to figure skate. So basically he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place right now. But in the end, he ultimately decides to put Caitlin in anyway. Yep. And so Caitlin is not happy about being put in and she is stressed and she gets on the ice and she kind of fails miserably um, in, in blocking for the captain. And this does not go over well. No, because she did not block for Ronnie. Uh, the other team wins and Ronnie gets real mad and, she literally tackles Caitlyn and then like the coaches have to like separate them and like bring them back into the locker room before a full on fight breaks out. Yeah. And um and uh it flashes back to Caitlyn in her dorm and uh oh her roommate I can't I'm so bad at remembering their names but her roommates like like, you're lucky that that didn't go further. Like, you deserved worse or something like that. And Caitlin's like, what? And she's like, yeah. Like, she's like, 
but the other, like, Ronnie started it. And she's like, but you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Yeah, so Caitlin's just like, man, I just don't understand. Like, everybody's always just so mad at me. It's not, it's just not, she's not feeling her best. And she's currently got an ice pack on, like, um, a bruise on her forehead. And her roommate's like, here, let me take a look at it. And then we see there was apparently, like, a glass of juice or something just on the floor because she accidentally knocks it over. So her roommate's like, oh, 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 let me go get a mop to clean that up. And quickly realizing that means she has to go to the janitor's closet where all her figure skating stuff is currently stored. Uh, Caitlin's like, no, 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 I'll go get the mop. And she goes, and instead of just grabbing the mop, we see her like rummaging through one of her skating backpacks. And because she took so long, her roommate shows up and sees everything. And she goes, Oh my God, you're a twirl girl. And that just, that starts a whole so the, she knows her secret, quote unquote. Um, and she's like, but you can't tell anyone. And they're like, yeah, like we, we they're like, yeah, obviously, because the whole team would destroy you. Yeah, so this is kind of actually is the catalyst for them actually becoming friends. Amy actually reveals that she's not actually sure why she hates figure skaters. I guess it's just supposed to be like a a thing if you're a hockey player, but she goes, but you know, like I never, I've just never met one. And you know, you don't seem as like weird as like everyone says you guys are. And she's like, well, thank you. Um, But yeah, now basically Amy knows that she, that Caitlin's trying to have the best of both worlds. Yeah. And yeah, so like, again, just like she has that friendship in her that she doesn't really have in anybody else right now. Yeah. So then we cut to the cafeteria or should I just say the dining hall? Because that that looked like a college dining hall, if you ask me. It did a little bit. Um, But we see Caitlin. She's not sure where she wants to sit because she doesn't really want to sit with the other hockey players because she's like no they don't like me and they show a quick shot of spencer sitting at a table with his friends and she's like nope and then she sees pamela and her little lackey and she's like i guess i just sit with no one so she starts trying to walk away without being noticed and uh pamela calls her over she's like oh caitlin caitlin come sit with us and she goes over and she's like okay whatever you have to say about me just go ahead and say it i really don't have i don't have the energy for everyone to be mad at me today and she's like, no, we just wanted to say you made the front page because apparently the school paper reported on the fight she and uh, Ronnie almost got into. Yeah. And she, of course, she's like, oh, gosh. And but then uh, Pamela's like, no, no worries. Like, like, I'm sorry for being so mean to you. Like, I really just like was a little intimidated because you're my only real competition. Yeah. And Caitlin's like, really? And I'm like, wait, why are you trusting them? You literally said at the start of the movie, they're Tanya Hardings. Yeah, but alas. But alas. She decides to trust them, which then leads to um, Pamela inviting Caitlin to come to a party she's throwing tonight. And Caitlin's like, oh, I would love to. Oh, but wait, I can't. I have a nine o'clock uh, session with Natasha. And she's like, nine o'clock at night? And she's like, yeah, she's working with my hockey schedule. She's like, well, I mean, you could still come around for a little bit. And she goes, yeah, I guess. So she decides to come to the party. And then we get a really weirdly placed scene where it's seemingly like late at night. And um, I just said his name. Why did I forget it again? Spencer. 
Spencer is like walking with his friends and he looks into the uh, ice hockey rink, I guess. And he sees uh, Caitlin's in there by herself practicing some hockey moves. Yeah. And he's like, hmm, I'm, I'm going to go check this out. And so he does. And he just kind of is cruel to her about it at first a little bit. Yeah, it's the whole like. Oh, so like, are you actually trying to get better? Cause you're not the best out there. And she's like, yeah, I'm actually going to try and be better. You know, I'm taking the initiative. He's like, mm, well, let me see just how good you've gotten. He's like, here's this. If um you make this puck past me, I won't say any crap about you anymore. And she goes, how about if I make this puck past you, you just stop talking to me, period. And she makes it past him. And he just, like, he's just like, whoa, that's so impressive. But, like, she's like, don't talk to me. And, like, this is where he, like, definitely develops a crush on her. Which, again, given the ages, gives me a little bit of the ick. But, you know. Well, given the ages and the fact that he started off antagonizing her, I'm just like, ugh. It gives me a lot of the ick, the whole thing. Like, it just gives me the It ick. does. It does give me the ick. Especially because it's like he he didn't think she was going she'd be able to do it and um she actually does it because she implements a figure skating move to get past him and yeah he's like whoa that's so cool and yeah you can tell this is where he starts really developing feelings for her and i'm just like oh yeah it is very ick mhm and then from there we are at the party which i guess is this still the same night then or not i'm not sure uh i think so maybe maybe it's the next night i don't know either way they're at the party and i'm like ah yes the classic high school party where there's definitely no alcohol in those red solo cups at all right yeah and i'm like i also was thinking they're at a boarding school how are they getting away with this at a boarding school but alas right but anyway um caitlin arrives and she talks to pamela and Pamela's like, oh, we're so glad you could make it. And then immediately like, oh, oh, Caitlin, we ran out of cups. Can you go get some more from the supply closet? Which this is not going to end well. No, but she still agrees to do it anyway. She goes to the supply closet and she gets she reaches for the cups and it's wired to this whole thing contraption that spills paint on her and at first she doesn't even realize who did it I don't think and then she turns around and tries to open the door and it's there's like a banner that comes down that says like go home Sputnik I think something like that um and then um her uh uh Pamela and her um, friend had like locked her into the closet so she can't get out yeah and i'm like you know it, it would have been well enough to just lock her in the closet but the fact that they also decided to spill dump paint on her and make that banner it's like oh my god pamela you going too far she's going way too far but yeah caitlin ends up trapped in a closet and she doesn't event she eventually does not get out until um the janitor comes around and opens the door. And she's like, What time is it? And he's like, It's 945. And she's like, Oh no. So she runs, she like books it all the way to the rink. And 
Oh my god, this next scene makes me made me so mad. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I it it was kind of infuriating because uh Natasha is very not um how do I put it? Uh sympathetic, empathetic, understanding? Yeah. Yeah, because what happens is Caitlin runs all the way to the rink. Mind you, she still has paint all over her. And I'm like, if that's real paint, there's no way that stuff's coming out of her hair that easy. Yeah. It's like, it, it literally, that, that was what I was thinking, too. It's like, how is she going to get real, like, paint that you put on your walls, like, out of your hair? But, alas, it is a movie, so we're just going to ignore that, I guess. Yeah, so she arrives at the rink, and... Oh my god, Christy Hamaguchi is here. And which is so unrealistic. I mean, cool, but like what? Yeah, and we see she's currently skating with Pamela because um Caitlin finally gets over there and she's like, "Oh my god, is that Christy Hamaguchi?" And Natasha's like, "Yes, I invited her here to help you practice to inspire you. And then she turns to her and she goes, but I see now that you may, I may have been wrong about you. And this is the part that makes me so mad. She literally goes, clearly you don't care enough about this as like I thought, because clearly you had something else that you thought was more important than your training. And she does not let Caitlin explain at all. It's like, lady, look at her. She's literally covered in purple paint. Yeah. Oh, it was so infuriating. It's like, come on, girl, like, just at least hear her out. Like, she's covered in paint. Like, you think that's just a normal thing kids do on a Tuesday night? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's just, ugh. But then I think this is when she kind of realizes that it was probably Pamela who did this to her. Yeah, yeah, I think because she kind of, like, cools it a bit. Yeah, and then she's just sitting sadly in the stands. I think trying to get paint off her clothes and I'm like, girl, you're going to have to put that stuff to the industrial wash. Yeah. Like it's, it's not going to come up, but then here is where we have the very, um, the very cringy, uh, conversation with Christy Amaguchi. Yeah. She's like, you know, maybe, you know, I was really looking forward to skating with you, but, and you know, Natasha says you have what it takes to be a champion and she's and uh, Caitlin's like, I don't know. I think Natasha's just really mad with mad at me now. And Christy Yamaguchi's like, well, you know, she's like, she she seems har- harsh on the outside, but she's one of the best coaches in the in the whole industry, and she does believe in you, and you just have to believe in yourself. And I'm like, is she reading this off cue cards? <laughs> right. It literally that's what it felt like. Like it just did not feel. It felt. I mean, obviously, Disney movies often feel pretty scripted, but like it just felt so scripted. It, it, I mean, it. I couldn't even blame her. I just, like, the writing at this particular point, I, I was just not a fan of. No offense to the writer who wrote these lines. I feel like the parameters of trying to stick Christy Yamaguchi into the movie would have been difficult. But, man, I just, it gave me, it just made me cringe. It just made me cringe. Yeah, and so now, I believe we get a montage. And in this montage, we see Christy really really trying to apply herself again to her skating, both, I think, figure and hockey. But it's also when we learn that she's apparently not doing well academically either because we see her get a test back and she got like a D plus or something. Yeah. 
which uh, she's just she's just struggling all around. Like that's just kind of to show you like she's struggling academically. She's struggling with the figure skating socially, and she's struggling with the hockey too. Yeah, and then at one point we see I think it's after either a practice or a game, and um, Ronnie is like, "Hey, uh, Caitlin." what are you even doing here? And Caitlin goes, I don't know. And then we see her literally just get on a bus. Yeah. Like she just, she just books it. Yeah. Like she's literally on a public bus. Mind you, she's still wearing her hockey uniform and she will continue to wear her hockey uniform for the next few scenes. And it's weird. Yeah. I agree with that. It's like, just change girl. I know you're upset, but just change. Yeah. She's on, she's on the public bus and she calls Bob and Ginger, and she's like, I made a terrible mistake. I'm not cut out for this place. I'm coming home. And they're like, no, no, that's fine. You know, we will we will pick up your training right where we left off, and we'll make sure you're the best in, like, the junior novice championship, and that just makes her even more upset. Yeah. And, because she's, like, thinking in her head, like, I want to go for, like, the national team, like that, you know, but but she gets home, and she's really upset, and Turns out her dad and her brother had bet on whether she would quit, which is just like, the heck? Yeah, this doesn't really paint the family in a good light, especially like the brother, because the brother's like, oh, right, she quit. Give me my money, dad. And she's like, you bet on me? And the dad's like, well, I bet on you to stay. stay." She's like, that's not any better. And then she goes, runs up to her room. And then she tries to do the classic, you know, sad teen girl flop on the bed that I'm sure we all have done in our lives, don't lie. Um, But her bed's currently not in her room. Yeah, and she's like, what the heck? And her mom's like, well, I just put it in the garage because I thought you'd at least call if you quit. And and she's like, you've got to be kidding. But then she sees a box labeled ice skating junk, and she gets so mad at her mom for labeling the box this way, and she grabs it and, like, literally takes off and runs to a park. Yeah, and I'm like, dang, this the emotions are high right now. Um, So she's sitting in the park and she's like, I can't believe my mom would want to throw all this away. And as she's looking through the box, but eventually she reaches the bottom and she finds a photo. Which is very interesting because it turns out her mom was a pro, not maybe not pro, but like a, a serious figure skater. Yeah, and her mom finds her and she goes, wait, I didn't know you were a figure skater too. Well, she goes, well, I mean, I know you knew how to skate, but I didn't know you took it this seriously. And she's like, yeah, you know, I had the same dreams you did once, but unfortunately, gravity had other plans. And then I had you and your brother and then, you know, being a mom, it's like I wasn't able to achieve my dream and then she says something so crazy. She's like, maybe the reason I was doubting you this whole time is because deep down I was jealous that you were living my dreams. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, mom. S- seriously? <laughs> yeah. But um, they basically have this mother-daughter talk. And Caitlin goes, you know what? I've learned something tonight. I'm not going to quit. Because you and dad didn't raise a quitter. And also because of my hockey training, I have stronger legs than you. So she's like, never mind, I'm going to go back. So they go back to the house and Bob and Ginger show up. And um, 
And Caitlin's like, actually, guys, uh, scratch what I said. I'm going back. And they're not like upset or anything. They're like, yes, you're going to be great. Can we also talk about like when she does this? It, she, oh gosh, like, you know what bothers me here is like sh- how quickly she changes too. And like, yeah, I understand she had this heart to heart with her mom or whatever. But, like, she changes tune so quick. No, she literally does. And I wrote, because this was, like, what, the 30, 40 minute mark of the movie? And I'm like, isn't it a little early for the hero defeated moment? Yeah, seriously. Like, okay. But we don't have time for all this, Kate, because it's time for another montage. Yeah, so now she's going to get her crap together. Like, this girl is motivated. Yeah, she's doing better in her figure skating. She's going, trying to do better in hockey. She's doing better in school. We see the classic. She's sitting on the floor of the library with like seven books open in front of her, which I'm like, realistically, you would not remember anything you studied if you looked at seven different books at once. Yeah. And so so she she has her life on track now and things are looking up. Which is good, because it's time for the next game. And Kate, did you see who they were playing in this second game? Uh, who did they play? They play the Tigers in the final, but... Yes, but before the Tigers, they play the Wildcats. Oh, get your head in the game. You gotta get your, get your, get your, get your head in the game. Oh. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I'm like, oh my god, the Wildcats? Your guys are early. (laughs) Truly. Yes, but in this game, like as a as a full circle moment of the first game, Caitlin actually really wants to um, play, even though Natasha's kind of been down the coach's neck and being like, "Don't let her on the ice." I swear, do not do it. Um, but what we eventually learn is that at some point, Spencer had overheard Natasha talking to the coach, and he realizes the reason why he still um, hasn't let. Caitlin on the ice despite her improvement is because Natasha's basically being like uh don't you dare remember we um this is where them him giving Caitlin scholarship because he went uh, Natasha agreed to go on a date with him kind of bites him in the butt because he's like well you know I'm sure the administrative would like to would, would be really interested to know why you hire why you gave a hockey scholarship to a non-hockey player he's like you know about that he's like yeah and as far as you know I'm the only one who does right now, so either you put her in the game or I expose you. So, of course, he puts her in the game. Because, like, what is he supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And, surprise, surprise, with Caitlyn out on the ice, they win! They do great, and she... And, like, they do, like, this fun dog pile at the end, and they are going to the championships. And not only that, they are going to celebrate and i'm like they go to like i don't even know where this is i'm like is this one of those fictional under 18 clubs that disney tried to sell us on honestly that's what it felt like Uh, i did did i ever tell you that i did go to an under 18 club that like traveled around i don't think you did oh my gosh that is a story for another day but also 16 year old me felt like I was in a Disney movie and then they turned the lights on and I realized there was a ton of strangers around me and uh, and I don't want to say no one was drinking because 
you know, there pre- people probably did, but like I didn't. And I was like, this feels because, you know, I, we only do legal things. And I, I genuinely didn't drink anything. I did not drink at all as a teenager. And so, um, yeah, so I like the lights went on and it was like, oh, this is just awkward. And yeah, but anyway, for a hot second while the lights were down um, in this gym that this traveling teen club rented out, it, it did feel like a Disney movie. You were like, where's Christopher Wilde? Yes, literally. I was having my like Christopher Wilde moment, but he was not there. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, they're just dancing, having fun. This is really to show that Caitlin is finally making friends because she's apparently just never had them before. But um, after that, um, she decides to try and teach the hockey team some of her moves from being a figure skater. So, like, she has them try and she has them do ballet because that's supposed to help with their balance and everything, which as you as it actually is very well known now a lot of sport um sports people athletes that's the title a lot of athletes actually do ballet to help train and condition their bodies because it actually is very helpful for balance and stuff i could see that yeah and they're like man you're gonna make us look like a bunch of twirl girls and this is when caitlin finally asked seriously what is with you guys and figure skaters why don't you like them and they actually kind of give a pretty good explanation they say, well, because everyone thinks that girls can only be on the ice if they're figure skaters. They don't think that girls can play hockey. So, you know, um, we don't like figure skaters because they make it seem like that's the only thing girls can do on the ice when we're literally out here playing hockey. And I go, dang, you know, for a 2005 decom, that's a pretty nuanced answer. Honestly, though. Yeah, seriously, I felt that. Because it really does just talk to the whole gender of it all, especially in the early 2000s, of how, like, you know, oh, well, boys do this and girls do that and they can't do the other. And it's like, whatever. Like, if if you want to do something, you should be able to do it. It doesn't matter what your gender is. You should just be able to do what you want to do. As long as you don't, like, as long as you're not actively hurting anyone. Yes, like a million and one percent. Yeah, because if I, I remember... <laughs> Um, when we were in high school, I remember there was the one, one a girls football game the whole year. What was it? The powder puff or whatever. Um, yes. Yeah, but that was like the one time girls got to play football because like, that's not a girl thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the gender standards are... That's a conversation for another day, but also something that I feel very strongly about. And I know that you do, too. And we could. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, we could have a whole podcast episode just dedicated to that. But yeah, we believe firmly that, like, you should be able to participate in whatever activity you want to, no matter what your gender is, as long as whatever you're doing is not hurting other people. A hundred percent. But yeah, they give that a little answer. And then. Um, we, I think we get another montage of her just like um, kind of melding with the team a bit more and they even kind of adopt some of her more uh, feminine things because that was another that's another theme I think this mo- movie's trying to go for it's like you know you, just because you're like um, you know a, a female hockey player doesn't mean you have to like completely um, for, give up femininity you know you can still enjoy makeup and glitter and 
fashion and stuff. And I'm like, that is nice too, because the whole like idea of femininity and masculinity is just a whole nother also topic. But it's like, you know, just because you like non-traditional feminine things doesn't mean you can't also enjoy feminine things. And that's again, that again goes for any gender, you know, it's just enjoy what you want to enjoy. Literally a hundred percent. And that does not get emphasized nearly enough. Yeah. But then, oh, oh boy, Kate, what, what do we learn? We learn that of course, the championship game is the same day as the Olympic tr- team tryouts. And I literally, like, again, I watched this with my dad, and we, like, turned to each other. We were like, high school musical? Literally, though. But also, like, this is such a classic trope of, like, of course, the two big things are the same day at the same time. Oh, 100%. Like, it's not, it's just not original. <laughs> Yes. So anyway, yes, we learn classic high school musical situation, the championship game and the Olympic tryouts are the same day. And once again, um, I guess I should um we should have been saying this over the course of the episode, but it's ugh, not really that important. We just learned that um over the course of this movie, her little brother's having his own little uh conflict because we learn that he's quit playing hockey. And he's been trying to build a robot for this robot war thing. Um, it's basically just like a little battle bot. Um, but after we learn that uh, the two events are happening the same day, we learn that um, uh, he really wants Caitlin to to go to the figure skating thing because he doesn't want her to play in the championship game. And the mom finally decides to be like, okay, what's your problem, dude? And... He is like, well, it seems like Caitlyn just is always good at it. She's always winning everything. Hockey was my thing, and she took it from me. And I was like, you know, I kind of get that, like, to be honest. I mean, I get, yeah, I get it. But at the same time, the mom's also like, you know, you don't have to, you're not competing with her. You can both do hockey. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be this big a deal. And actually, you know, if you actually picked up her calls every, every once in a while, then you'd know that she's actually thanking you for her team success because um it was him explaining that like hockey is a lot like geometry that she was able to like um really help her team think of winning strategies and he's like oh really so this is when he kind of learns that yeah your sister's kind of like really um really proud of you and is like really thanking you for the success she's finding on the ice because of what he told her yeah and this kind of, this definitely like changes his attitude yeah um and now we have caitlin being morally conflicted she's like do i do the figure skating or do i do the championship game and literally everyone around her is telling her you need to do the the figure skate you know you can play hockey again next year but the olympics only come around every four years there's a once in a lifetime opportunity but she's still like well i don't know ah so frustrating it really is. But anyway, we got 20 minutes left in the movie. So you know what it's time for? The climax. It's the day of the two events. Alas. And so it is time for uh, Ms. Ms. Caitlin to make her decision. And what do we what did she decide? Well, 
we see her show up at the hockey game and literally Spencer and Amy are all, they're both like, what are you doing here? Yeah. They're like, are you, are you joking right now? And she's like, no, like, this is where I feel like I need to be. And I'm like, good for you, girl, I guess. She's like, you're my team and you're my friends and I can't let you down. Even though they're literally like, dude, this is, you're literally giving up a once in a lifetime opportunity. What are you doing? Yeah. Meanwhile, at the, Olympic tryouts. Her family is actually there, and that includes Bob and Ginger. They're there too. It's very fun. And they're like, "Well, I don't see her yet, but she's on the program." And they're like, "Don't worry, she'll show up." And then we basically see the championship game under get to uh, go. Um, I mean, it's it's hockey, you know. And <laughs> they they shoot the puck. They try. They score goals. Um, uh, Caitlin's team gets the first goal, but then from then on, they just. It's the opposing team getting goal after goal, and it's not great. And at one point, um, Caitlin gets checked really hard. And at first, I was gonna be like, "Oh my god, this is gonna injure her, where she can't uh compete in the figure skating thing." But no, no, she's she's fine. Yeah, she's she's just standy. Um, but she gets up, and unfortunately, they have lost. Yeah, I thought that was crazy. They pull they pull a Camp Rock too, and they lose. Yeah, it's wild. But the team still cheers for her anyway, because they're like, we literally didn't think you were going to make it through the whole season. Yet here you are. And so it just shows how much they've bonded at this point. Yes. Meanwhile, at the figure skating competition, Shelby is about to go on, which. Oh, yeah, we did also skip past this. This is a little bit of importance. Um, Shelby is basically kind of befriended Caitlin. Um, um, there was a crazy moment where after one of. Shelby's uh, practices goes wrong. Uh, Caitlin tries to comfort her in the bathroom and because Shelby's like locked herself in a stall. And all of a sudden, uh, Caitlin saw, sees a needle fall to the floor and she literally for a moment thinks that Shelby's doing steroids. And they just address this in the film. She's like, uh, girl, you should really shouldn't do steroids. And um, Shelby's like, yeah, I don't. I'm a diabetic. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, they have this scene where like um what ends up happening is um Caitlin ends up giving Shelby the advice that her mom gave her and she goes, you know, there's do you know recently I've heard there's more to life than figure skating. And at first Shelby's like, Yeah, well, tell me that when you're 17 and this is your last chance. But now we flash back to the um to her about to go on for her tryout, and she just decides not to. Yeah. She's just like, I'm done. I'm over this. She's like, you know, I've heard there's more to life than figure skating, and I'm about to go find out what that is. So Caitlin's words kind of rang true to her, but I'm also like, uh, I don't know if now's the best time to decide to retire right when you had your shot, but okay. Literally, I had that same feeling. Like, why don't you just go out, give it your all, and then if like it doesn't work, just be chill with it. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, I do want to point out, we never see Pamela's performance, which I feel like we showed up just to see like what, uh, Caitlin was up against. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. But, um, yeah, they just don't address it. They're like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, Bradley ends up calling Caitlin's phone because Caitlin has a good old pink flip phone because it's 2005, you know, throwback. Yeah, truly a throwback. Cause he's like, where are? Cause he's trying to be like, where are you? You need to be over here. You're coming up. And uh, Spencer ends up picking up her phone because it was just sitting on the bench for some reason. And Bradley explains to him that um, the program's been delayed, so 
if she makes it in time, Caitlin can still compete because I guess for some reason the Olympic tryouts are like within driving distance of this school high school hockey championship. Yeah, like what? Yeah, but anyway, after the, the they lose the, the the hockey lose, but they still celebrate because Caitlin made it for the season. Spencer just like runs to her and she's like, "Hey, we gotta go." And she's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Your brother called me." the program is delayed so you can still make it and she's like let's go and as they're leaving um they, she trips in like the suitcase that he had put together of all her like skates and stuff come uh, comes undone and that's when finally the rest of the team realized she's a twirl girl but they don't have time to really react much because she's like i gotta go bye yeah pretty much and then we learned the reason why the figure skating program was delayed it's because that robot that Bradley was building comes back around and he puts it on the ice and then just has the, I guess, referees or whatever chase it for long enough because to delay the 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 event so that Caitlin can make it in time. Yeah, which it's like, um, okay, when did they like figure out who did that and then she'd get reprimanded in real life? But alas, yeah, I think it's also just supposed to show that. Even though we learned that he uses the guise of another bet because his family likes to bet on her for some reason as like the reason why he did that. I think it's supposed to show that deep down he really does, you know, care for his sister. And now now that he knows that she's equating her success to his help and advice. So it's like, you know, he really does care, actually. Right. Anyway, um, on their way to the figure skating thing, um, Spencer reveals that um so when I went to go get your stuff all your costumes were destroyed and it's implied that Pamela literally went into the janitor's closet and destroyed all of Caitlyn's outfits and I'm like hello what uh, what like I think she should be disqualified because of that that's literally foul play literally or sabotage but alas Caitlyn had ordered a replica from mom's old costume and he's like, well, I found this one. And she's like, it's perfect. And they make it to the event in time. But, oh, no. Caitlin only has one figure skate. Oh, no. And her solution to this is, I'll just wear my hockey skates instead. And Spencer's like, are you sure you're, or you can do that? And she's like, yeah, I've been skating in them all season. I know what they can do. And they actually set this up earlier. Um. Hockey skates don't have a toe pick. Yeah. And so she tries and she immediately fails. Yeah, she immediately falls because she forgot hockey hockey skates don't have the toe pick. So she can't stop that way. So, yeah, she falls immediately. And literally, like, the music stops and everything. And the judges are like, well, all right, that's it. And she's like, oh. But then out of nowhere, her hockey team shows up with her figure skate because they're like, you know, at this point, we don't care that you're a twirl girl. You're also part of our team. And that means you're part of our family. She's like, oh, my gosh, guys, thank you so much. And Natasha's like, I'm going to go try and see if they'll let you restart. And then like immediately she comes back. She goes, they won't let you restart. But um, the girl, oh, the captain of the hockey team who had like bought her her skate decides oh let's just chant and just say let her skate let her skate and just starts a whole trend 
yeah, like the entire audience just starts chanting, let her skate. And I'm like, realistically, I don't think this would do anything. But in the context of the movie, it has to. So she can have her final big moment. So because of the chanting, the judges are like, all right, all right, we'll let you do it. And at first I thought it was going to be under the guise of like, well, since Shelby didn't go, we do technically have some a slot that didn't happen. So you can just go again, I guess. But whatever. The chant works and she gets to do her final performance. But Kate, this isn't any normal final performance. She's not just skating to classical music because what happens halfway through her performance? She like changes the tune of her performance to be like, oh, bippity boppy boo. Like, I don't know. It's a very like uh, hockey inspired kind of thing, I think. Yeah, because what we learn is that Ronnie, the captain, really likes hip hop music. And at first, um, in the very first um, locker room scene, uh, Caitlin actually turned off her hip hop music because she's like, ew, no. And then now that her and Ronnie are friends, she's embraced the hip hop. So halfway through her routine, she goes from classical to hip hop and she starts doing some like hockey and like dance moves and it's really like, ooh, this is new and inventive and exciting, even though I'm like, I'm pretty sure Natasha and her had, like, there's no way that that's the routine they practiced. Right. But here we are, and she completes her routine, and it goes really well, and all the hockey girls hold her up, and she gets her scores back, and she did very, very well. And then it turns out that when they're reading the Olympic team, her name is on it. Yeah, it's two girls we never heard of in her. But um, we should say the defeat of Pamela is very funny because at first before the chant, she goes, uh, you know, way am I going to let them let you start again? And uh, uh, Ronnie goes to Mojo and she's like, Mojo, do your thing. And Mojo just drops a bunch of marbles on the floor and has Pamela trip. And that's how she's defeated. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt very juvenile, but I loved it. Yeah, because Pamela just ends up running away, like, crying. She's like, oh, why me? And it's like, okay. But yes, Caitlin is officially on the, I guess, the U.S. women's figure skating team for whatever Winter Olympics was coming up. Was that, what, uh, 2008, maybe, then? Or 2006? Probably 2000. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know if that would, if they were even really going for a real Olympics, but you know, whatever. Whatever. But anyway, she's on, she's on and the hockey team is celebrating and lifting her in the air. And we end on a good old fashioned freeze frame. And that is the movie. And that's go figure. So, all right, Kate, now that we've reached the end of this, uh, what's your final thoughts in your ranking of this one? I liked this one. There was definitely a few like little problematic things in there and um, also just some really stereotypical plot tropes. Um, overall, I'd say it's solid, though. I'm going to give it an eight. Yeah, Um. I mean, it was a fine watch. I didn't I think I always like say this, like I never want to like fast forward through it or anything. Um. It was fine. It was it was an all right watch. I think overall, though, like in the scheme of decoms, was probably just a reason why I never really paid much attention to it. Because, like, I'm be honest, I'm probably gonna like not remember it really going forward. It's not one of the more memorable ones. It's also just a sports one, and um, uh, notoriously we are not big on the sports decoms here. But and this is probably, in my opinion, one of the more forgettable ones. Um, 
especially because like i said ice princess really overshadowed it when it came out um and yeah just some of the story beats and some of just and the whole the romance of like she's gonna get with the guy who antagonized her at first because now he gets her and i'm like ugh, i don't know it wasn't my favorite um but it wasn't the worst so i think i'm just gonna i'm gonna go clean around the middle and just say i'm gonna give it a seven that's fair that's fair all right well we have made it through go figure uh jake where can our listeners find you well before we do that kate do you want to know what we're watching next oh okay yeah absolutely uh hey kate um have you been missing out on those decom dog movies i love dogs more than anything on this earth but decoms and dogs i don't feel like mix real well so we'll see where this goes yeah because um notoriously we have not been a fan of those dog decoms but coming up next we'll be watching life is rough i wonder if life will be rough while watching this movie yeah if you've listened to our you lucky dog and hounded episodes then you know we were not big fans in fact hounded was rated our lowest rated decom even beating can of worms which we normally regard as the lowest tier of the decoms but yeah we'll see how rough life can be next episode and let me again let me just be very clear that i love dogs but dogs and decoms it just hasn't been a classically good mix no not really but all right kate now that we've reached the end of this episode where can our lovely listeners find you on social media you can find me at kv random on the instagram how about you jake well you can find me at uh jake blue art on the instagram i'm very excited to show off my final projects on there it's gonna be very fun very exciting and then you can also find the podcast on instagram at something new pod we also have an email if you guys ever want to use that. That's start us something new podcast at gmail.com. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast, you can leave us a rating and review. And if you do that, we'll read it live on the show. And lastly, this podcast is distributed on Spotify for podcasters, formerly known as Anchor, which we love that lame name much better than Spotify for podcasters, but you know, can't fix, can't do anything about that right now. Yeah, I was literally going to say it just doesn't roll off the tongue the same way. It really doesn't. But yeah, if you guys are on that, you can um, leave us a voice message. And if you ever do that, we'll listen to it live on the show. But all right, I think that's going to do it for us this episode. So uh, join us next episode when we see just how rough life can be with Life is Rough. <laughs>